0: BDR's Prime Resources Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to help your business achieve prime results, with prime being the most flourishing stage or state. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prime Resources Podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training, and today our topic is the importance of proper duct design. Joining us today to talk about duct design is Candy Cunningham. Candy is BDR's client relationship specialist and she's an award-winning territory manager in a former life. Candy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi Matt, thanks for having me.
0: Glad you're here. Tell me about uh, your award-winning as a territory manager.
1: Well, I was a territory manager for 15 years and during that time I um, the products that I represented They had a a nationwide competition on a yearly basis, top 10 percent, top 10 percent of all territory managers earned this top 10 recognition. And it had to do with, you know, increased sales, product mix, new dealer recruiting. And it was just competition against everybody across the U.S. So there were generally about 350 territory managers nationwide. And so you had to be in the top 10 percent to earn that. And uh, I was fortunate enough to earn that in 2005, and then again in 2009 and 2010.
0: Wow, that is impressive. So you are a true superstar as a territory manager. And then how did you get connected with BDR, and and what do you do today for the company?
1: Well, when I was in distribution, uh, BDR was our training partner. And so as my dealers would get into the uh, business classes, I would attend those classes um With my dealers, so that I could learn what they were learning and help them with implementation and just become a better rounded territory manager overall and in reality, I attribute much of my success as a territory manager and those top ten awards um, to the things that I learned from BDR when I was a territory manager and uh, so during those classes i would write on my uh, my comment card that someday i wanted to go to work for bdr and i think i did that for about 12 years straight i wrote that on my comment card and then one day the opportunity presented itself and now here i am been with uh, bdr for 5 years now and love every minute of it
0: excellent and and you're the client relationship specialist so what does that mean
1: That means that I primarily work with distribution and help distribution set up their training journeys, the classes that they're gonna bring in yearly, or when I say journey, we may look out um, two to even three or four years in advance and develop curriculum to help those dealers um, get to class and grow their businesses. I also work with um, dealers themselves to help them plan successful Dealer Direct classes, which is where we bring our trainers straight to the dealers to host classes for their entire team.
0: Right on. And I can see there's uh, probably a little bit of synergy there from your experience as a territory manager, utilizing the training with your dealers, and then being able to help uh, folks now today uh, plan their own training journeys.
1: Yes, absolutely. I was passionate about the classes when I was a territory manager and I'm even more passionate about the classes and what they can do to help not only dealers, but distribution grow as well. So good synergy there, yes.
0: Beautiful. Well, let's uh, let's get into our topic today, the importance of proper duct design. And there was a, a key reason I asked you to uh, be on the podcast today for this subject is, Because you are going to be BDR's instructor on uh, duct design, and I know you're uh, currently working on uh, a revamp of BDR's duct design course. So I wanted to start by asking you, you know, just from your background as a territory manager and in the industry, how do most people learn duct design? Do they go to classes or, or what happens?
1: I really think that most people learn duct design by trial and error. Um, they're either an installer that, you know, gets the, uh, the equipment packet and the job packet and everything put in their truck. And they just, you know, they're asked to go out and get the install done and they've really had no formal training. I remember the first time I asked a dealer to help me um, figure out duct work for a house I was building and there was really no rhyme or reason as to the design that he laid out for me. And as I asked him to teach me what he was doing, um, you know, the answer was just, this is what I've always done. And this is what I learned to do from my previous employers. So most cases, I think it's trial and error and really no formal training that happens.
0: Okay. Well, that's very interesting. So this might be, uh, I I feel like it's one of those things that could be a lost art if we aren't careful of of making sure that um, because we're having generational change in the industry. And if that knowledge doesn't get passed down to the next generation, we're going to have to either relearn it or it's just going to disappear.
1: It will disappear. Um, And what's what's crazy is as equipment changes and efficiency changes, um, a good designed duct system becomes even that more imperative And so you're correct we do have to make sure that there's formal training available and the knowledge from um you know the traditionalists and and all of those that are retiring gets passed on down to the new generation and they understand um, not only what they're supposed to do but why they're supposed to install the duct work or even design the duct systems the way that they need to okay
0: so let me ask you a kind of a broad question about this What separates good duct design from bad? When when you had that, uh, you're building that house and you had your contractor that you were talking to and and he was trying to teach you what he did, um, you know, what, how do we know what's good and what's bad in in duct
1: design? Boy, duct design is is really kind of, it's a cross between a science and an art. (laughs) And, you know, you'd think that it would be a simple concept of I've got to get air from here at the air handling unit or the furnace to another area in the home. And it's really not that simple of a concept. The truth is that it takes a lot of really um thought and careful design as you're putting things together. And as I say that, you know, it's it's not magic either. If you think about um water flowing through pipes, um think about air through you know flowing through ductwork in the same manner. There's things that get in the way that cause restrictions there's things that we can do to help that water or that air flow better um, but whether it's you know a residential job a commercial job or, or even industrial that initial design is usually what we're stuck with for life we it's either it's covered up we can't make changes um, you know that's going to affect the efficiency of the The system—it's going to affect the efficiency of the duct. It's going to cause operating costs to go up. But when I think back to your original question, you know, what separates good from bad? There's there's a lot of things that come into play. One of those items would be um, aerodynamic fittings. So good duct work, uh, good duct job is going to have aerodynamic Mm -hmm. fittings instead of just being you know straight tapped in at a 90 degree angle. So when you think about on the top of the coil or the air handling unit, we've got our plenum, and then we tap our ductwork into that for our trunk line. A lot of times we tap that in and we have a 90 degree angle. Well, air has a hard time getting around that 90 degree angle to get down the length of that ductwork. But if we have aerodynamic fittings and we have an inside radius right there instead of a, a 90 degree, so it could be a 45 or it could be completely curved. It gives us more surface area and it allows that air to get to the places that it needs to be better, you know, to be um, in a more efficient manner. And so that's that's one thing that can help um, separate a good job from a bad job. Another thing that comes to mind is flexible duct work. You know, for some people, flex duct is essentially a cuss word. <laughs> if it's not used correctly. <laughs>
0: Watch what you say on this podcast, okay, Candy?
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, when we think about Flex, um, a lot of people use Flex because it's really quick to install. And we can't get enough you know, labor people, revenue producers, installers, to get the job done. So let's cut corners and use something like Flex so we can put it up faster. Flex can be a positive situation as, as well if we um, install it the way it's meant to be installed. You know, it can't be saggy. It has to be pulled tight. We've got to make sure that um, we upsize if we're using flex instead of hard metal pipe because there's different resistances, so the airflow changes. So flex is another one of those things that we have to think about um, for good good job versus a bad job. You know, flex can also be used um, for really short runs. We need a two feet piece of ductwork. Well, if we install the flex correctly, um, it can be great because ductwork doesn't come in in, uh, two foot pieces. And then at the end of a long run, we can put some flex on there and it serves as a sound attenuator. So there's a lot of things that you can do right with flex, but there's a lot of things that can be done incorrectly with flex as well.
0: Okay. For some reason in my mind, uh, when you're you're talking about flex duck and and it has to be pulled tight, I was thinking of socks. And uh, hang with me on this analogy here. It could be way off right. base, but like if you have droopy socks, you know that that don't they've lost their elasticity and and they don't stay up. Um, Versus socks that are, are have that elasticity stay on on your your foot and your leg and provide you the support uh, that you need. That's what went through my mind of, of imagining droopy uh, flex duct and it's like a droopy old sock um, there if it's not hung right.
1: That's probably a pretty good analogy. Yes, <laughs> a droopy sock never feels good for anybody, and and droopy uh, flex duct doesn't deliver the air that it needs to, so that doesn't feel good for anyone either.
0: Right, right. And then you know what I'm hearing here is just all the uh, there's a lot of elements to this to do it the right way. Um, so what let's let me ask you this: What are some of the issues then if if we haven't done a great job with, with our duct design and we install it and and it's not properly done, well, what are some of the issues that can happen to the system?
1: Well, when you talk about improper duct design, there's one word that comes to mind and that is waste. There's so much waste that happens with a bad duct system. We, um, we're causing our equipment to work harder which causes parts failures. You know, and some of those parts failures could be, you know, the obvious, a blower. A blower has to work harder to get that air delivered, and so it can fail. A compressor is working harder in the outdoor unit if we have a bad duct system. Or, you know, there's components in the system, um, safety controls, like, oh, limit switches or capacitors, that protect that equipment, all of those things have to work harder. So there's waste comes to mind. Um, we also, you know, if we're not sealing our duct work with either mastic or a foil tape or both, we we could be losing some of our air into um, spaces that don't really need to be conditioned. So that there's waste is there as well. You know, it prevents that loss of conditioned air if we make sure we have duct sealed. And it also um, avoids drawing in contaminants into our airstream. You know, things like dust and humidity. And if we have unsealed ductwork and it's in a dirty crawl space or in an attic, you know, we could be pulling in um, dirt from the crawl space. We could be pulling in dirt or um, even insulation pieces, you know, fibers into that ductwork and putting that into the air in our home.
0: Wow. That's Uh, something I wasn't aware of. And, you know, if you've got a a family member that's sensitive to things in the air or has allergies here, they, they get a new system or, or, and they think, well, things are going to get better. (laughs) But if, if the duct system is not done properly, not sealed properly, as you said, there could be more junk flying through the air and making it worse for for that person.
1: That's exactly right, yep. And then we're putting all those contaminants into the air that we're breathing. You know, and even if they have a a, a filter in place or um, UV lights, all of that stuff has to work harder as well. So we go back to that, that one word of improper duct design that I related to as, as waste. You know, and, and another thing that becomes wasteful is we have higher utility bills. Just yesterday, um, one of my old dealers called about a ductwork problem that they were having, and it was sweating, they had all kinds of humidity, and, you know, what What do I think is causing this? And I'm, I'm sure it's infiltration, which is, you know, that ductwork's not sealed properly, or maybe the home is has a lot of infiltration, but we're, we just keep putting all that stuff back in the air, and it causes our equipment to work harder, and it increases um, the utility bills and the expense to that that homeowner, as well as, you know, if we don't have a good duct design and we don't deliver the proper amount of air to every room, how many rooms do consumers have that are too hot, that are too cold, that are noisy? Um, They can't even use those rooms because they're that much, you know, that uncomfortable. It's just, it's waste. It goes back to waste all the time with improper duct design.
0: This reminds me of the back bedroom in my parents' house <laughs> when uh, they live down in Arizona and when we go down to visit them, that bedroom it is always hot. You yeah. Know? And they've had uh, they've had new equipment put in, but I don't think anyone has ever uh, tried to look at the ductwork or 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 seen what what is the underlying issue with that cuz it still occurs there and so it's you know for me and our family that stays in that room we're sweating all night my parents who are already older they they don't want it that cold anyway they like it warm and we're uh so uh, that's there's a lot of real world consumer issues which i think maybe um don't always get in front of the consumer until they happen. That know? is so true. Can you talk That's about so that, true. how duct design can, it, it could be part of your conversations with the consumer, a homeowner on the front end, versus just dealing with a, a problem on the
1: back end? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when a when a dealer goes out on a replacement job, quite often um, dealers don't think they can make many changes to the duct system you know early on I said that a lot of times whether it's a residential or a commercial job the initial design is really what we're stuck with for life and that doesn't have to be the case if if we're out as as a um, replacement contractor looking at a home your parents home for example and we start measuring the air at the registers and we've done a load uh, load calculation a room by room load calculation and then we'll know are we getting the right amount of air to be delivered to that room that the load calculation says that needs to happen and then we can have those conversations with the homeowner and then you know sometimes a lot of times ductwork is covered and we can't make changes on the trunk line or the branch runouts but we can make changes right at that furnace or air handler uh, you know, go back to those aerodynamic fittings, cut down on the total equivalent total equivalent length of, of fittings so we get better airflow, so we can get it down that trunk line and out to where we need it to be in the rooms. But it, it comes down to asking the right questions and, um, you know, taking all the measurements and the readings and doing that load calculation up front and then presenting options to that customer and letting them make decisions from there.
0: Well, and I can see it, if somebody had that situation like my parents does, and and a contractor came in and and did that, they would be ecstatic. They'd be like, "Wow, we might actually get this problem solved now with this <laughs> with this company, you know, because we can see what what they're doing and how their uh, approach is actually might get at the heart of the problem." So I, I think that's a really important element of this um, for a dealer to be kind of more proactive about their duct design practices even at that sales stage.
1: It is important at the sales stage. You know, so often a dealer, they'll go in and they'll just replace the same size equipment that's already there. And um, they really don't know how that equipment is working because they haven't taken any static pressure readings to know what kind of pressures and resistance is on that system. And so if they don't find that stuff out up front and try to remedy it, now we go put in a brand new system, much more efficient than the system that we pulled out, which makes duct design even that much more imperative. Um, and now our problems are worse. And homeowners think that the problem is the equipment when it's truly the fact that the, the, duct, the duct system wasn't adequate and we could have maybe made some changes right there during that, that change out and that new install. You know, the, the furnace or the air handler are already pulled out, and so it's much easier to make duct modifications at that point in time than to try to go back and make those, those duct modifications later. But yeah, it just comes down to communication. The one thing I would tell your parents is to be cautious, because if that room gets way more comfortable, you and your kids may spend a lot more time down there in Arizona with them than uh, than they, what they want. <laughs> well, the,
0: yeah, the uh, the grandkids maybe. I don't know how much they see <laughs> of me and anymore, but um, the grandkids they would take.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but l- let me circle back to something you said about fittings. You know, you mentioned the importance of aerodynamic fittings, and that was interesting to me for a couple of reasons one as just a, a novice in duct design and you know, i don't know anything about airflow um when you when you talk about air hitting resistance i kind of had to get my my head around that you know i don't it's air it's it's kind of you don't it's not i don't envision it the same as water you know where it hits something and then it gets adjusted but i guess it's kind of the same principles Is is that the case
1: it is the same principles of water yeah when you think about like flex duct if that gets smashed or it's saggy that air has to figure out how it's going to get through that you know that uh crushed area well if you take a garden hose for example and you kink it water's not going to get through there Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know it's the same type of concept um when you think about fittings specifically If you're gonna do a takeoff on a branch duct to go out to a bedroom and you just straight tap in, it's gotta figure out how to make a 90 degree bend to get down that branch duct. But if we use like a a saddle takeoff, something that opens up and it's kind of cone-shaped, our opening is bigger and it's at, at a curved angle and so that air just kind of follows that curve and uh, gets down to that, that bedroom or whatever space we're trying to condition a lot easier. And so it causes a lot less resistance.
0: Yeah, that that, that, that was, yeah, having talked to you a little bit about that before and then now today, that, that's a, a game changer in my perception. And I think uh, consumers don't get that. You know, I, I guess I thought air was smarter than this. But air is pretty dumb, sounds like.
1: <laughs> you know? Yep, you've got to tell it what to do. You know, one of my favorite um, analogies with air, and I'm from the Midwest and we have a lot of tornadoes through, uh, through here, but have you, you know, everybody uses rectangular ductwork. Everything is 90 degree. We've got all these fittings that come in at 90 degree. Um, and I keep talking about aerodynamic, but have you ever seen a rectangular tornado? There's, no. there's a reason they're round, it's the, the best way for air to flow. And so everything that we can do to help that air do what it wants to do, the better off our duct systems are going to be
0: perfect. Um, one more question on fittings are aerodynamic fittings are those hard to find? Is that something a dealer's got to you know construct themselves from the sheet metal, or um, why aren't they used
1: so generally um, Wholesale houses will will stock what what's in demand. And, you know, they've always stocked rectangular um, duct, uh, trunk lines instead of round um, for trunk lines. They've always, uh, it was easier for dealers if they were building things in the field. They didn't have the tools in the field to make an aerodynamic fitting. So things, you know, were just straight tapped in. There's a lot of companies now. Um, the wholesaler I worked for, we didn't sell sheet metal, but we partnered up with um, companies that did sell sheet metal and helped them understand the um, fittings. If they could get these fittings stocked for our dealers, uh, you know, it would be a lot better for the the systems overall. And so you can work with wholesale houses to get the right fittings in. You can also build some of this on your own in your own shop. That may not be the most cost-effective way to do it, but there's also a lot of dealers that have sheet metal shops that will build whatever you want um, for fittings, as well as um, there's a shop right here um, in Omaha, where I'm from, that there's a couple of them that I'm aware of that um, they will take round pipe and cut it, especially for new construction homes, cut it to exactly the length that they need and so it's not a matter of piecing together all these five and 10 foot pieces of pipe. You can order that pipe, you know, seven feet, three inches, and they will they will cut their spiral to exactly what you need. And it makes installation a lot easier and a lot faster. So, yep, you can go to wholesale houses. They can build it themselves or they can find a sheet metal shop that will build it for them.
0: Okay. And so with a little bit of, of thought, a little strategy, some some good duct design, what I heard there is that you can actually pick up some labor savings, you know, wh- whether it's from the fittings or the, you know, the, the, the people you partner with that can help you get um, better uh, elements of, of the duct system that are faster to install. Can you Can you talk more about the potential labor savings of a, a well-designed system?
1: Yeah. I've always believed that it really takes longer to install a bad job than it does to install a good job. Um, you know, and if if you get all the measurements needed up front, whether it be from a house plan on new construction, and I and I know house plans are subject to change and things are always different when you get out there. So we've got to get out, you know, and check out that job before we build all of our fittings and cut all of our duct to the length that we think. But there's a lot of ways to save to save labor. For example, if you're using rectangular ductwork to install for your trunk line, it's cumbersome to hold to handle. It generally takes two people to get it installed. Where if you use a, a piece of round ductwork and you know, easy hangers, it's a lot easier for one person to hang that um round trunk line than it is a rectangular trunk line. And then a lot of people um you know they're concerned that I've got to get it up in the joists and everything. And that's that, that is possible with round ductwork. You you can you can use a smaller piece of round than you can um the rectangular and fit it up in those joists. And it, it does install a lot faster. And like I said, if you're working with a sheet metal shop that can cut spiral to the exact lengths that you need it, you're saving a lot of time of pounding rectangular ductwork together. You're you're saving a lot of time on, um, you know, painting or masticing all of the joints or silver tape, if that's the route that you take. There's a lot of ways to save on labor with proper ductwork installation.
0: Okay, so, Man, I feel like uh, I love the education I'm getting here. You know, I think this is great for our listeners as well. I wanted to step back a little bit and talk about you and how did you get interested in duct design and how did that become a passion for you?
1: Well, that first house that I was building and asked my dealer to help me and realized that he had no way of teaching me how to do it told me that he had no way of teaching his employees how to do it correctly. And then BDR had this uh, Duck Design for Profit and Efficiency class that I sat through. I think I, matter of fact, I think I've sat through that class eight different times. And uh, that class taught me a lot about application and design and that it's really never the equipment's fault for failure. It's mechanical, it's gonna fail, but improper duct design um, causes that equipment to fail even that much quicker. And um, I always like to differentiate myself as a territory manager. And so if I could go out and talk about application design, duct work with contractors, um, it tied me closer to them. I was you know, more of a help to them in their business. And it also helped me when I was out cold calling looking for new dealers because they, they knew if I could talk duct design with them they, that I understood the industry. And so yeah, I've just had this um huge passion for ductwork. And I've I've even been out and installed um ductwork on jobs with my dealers. We have a cabin that I've installed ductwork in, the house that we built six years ago, I was in you know instrumental in designing that and uh, uh installing it as well. And one cool thing about installing ductwork in my own homes is I can experiment. So the things that I was learning those eight times I went to BDR duct design classes, I could go back to like our cabin, we were in a remodel, and so I could test out the extremes. What happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? And it was just fun to watch, you know, with little changes, what happened to the overall efficiency of that duct system.
0: Right on. Yeah, that that sounds uh, very scientific, you know, to make little adjustments and see what happens and and what are the uh, the effects of that. Uh, that is a, a cool story. And now, as we said at the start, you're you're taking the reins of uh, BDR's duck design training. Um, so th- that's got to be pretty exciting.
1: It's very exciting. You know, I've had a passion for duck design forever. I love the class that BDR has always delivered and um i think there's things that we can do to that class to uh make it even that much better and uh, more effective for new people coming into the industry you know as we mentioned earlier there's a lot of people that are retiring and taking that knowledge with them and so you know really breaking things down i didn't go to class 8 times um just to sit there with my dealers i went to class 8 times because i learned something every time i was in that class it's a very complex uh, topic, and so you know, just breaking things down as we rewrite this class to starting with a good um, load calculation program, making sure that we understand how to pick the right equipment that can deliver the uh, airflow that we need for the entire home and for each room individually, and then helping people understand what fittings to pick so that we've got you know better airflow we reduce our total equivalent length of ductwork. You know, I think I read one one time that the average home has about 300 feet of ductwork in it. So there's a lot of room for error. And yep, I am excited to uh help get this class updated, rewritten and then out to distribution and dealers to help them learn
0: 300 feet of ductwork. It makes me uh, think of like the small intestine or the large intestine you know, inside our bodies where it's all just twisted up. And if you ever stretched it all out, it, it <laughs> you'd be shocked at yep. how much, how long it is. Um, yep. So that, that's kind of shocking number to me. But, you know, when I think about it, I, I can see that being true. Would a, and maybe this is a dumb question, but would a good, a properly designed system, would it have more, duct work, less duct work, or is that even a valid question to ask?
1: No, it, that's definitely a valid question. Um, so length of duct is is just that. If you've got a 10-foot piece of straight, rigid duct work, it's worth 10 feet. But when you get to fittings, you know, we talked about that 90-degree turn. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you have um, your trunk line coming off the top of your plenum, and it's at a 90-degree angle, that fitting is worth 120 equivalent feet of ductwork. Just that fitting? Pardon me? Uh, Yes, just Just on a single fitting. fitting. Wow. Yes. Yep, on a single fitting that's, you know, probably no more than, I don't know, two or three, four feet tall, three feet tall, and maybe, oh another two feet off, you know, head in one direction or the other, it'll it'll actually be longer than two to three feet head in one direction, but it's just in that two to three foot area on either side that gives it a total equivalent length of 120 feet. But if you use an, a high efficiency takeoff and aerodynamic fittings, you can change that total equivalent feet from 120 down to 20 or maybe even 30 feet, depending on how well you um have that radius in there, that inside radius, so that's that's significant savings that's a significant amount of um savings in resistance to what's happening to that air right
0: right, and that's
1: just one fitting there's multiple fittings within a system you've got fittings on the supply side, you have fittings on the return side, you have um you know your boot where it comes up through the floor that's that's a resistance there's um equivalent feet there. So we've got we've got uh, resistance everywhere within that system that creates um, all that length. And so yes, properly designed, we can reduce our total equivalent length and give us way better airflow, way better um, air delivery. The system runs better, It doesn't have to work so hard, saves on noise and and all those things. Okay, I think I get it now
0: because it's not necessarily the literal length of the ductwork, but the the length of the ductwork plus the actual resistance that it creates through the twists and turns that it might have in the different fittings and whatnot.
1: Yep, exactly. But you're right. You take that intestine and you uh, spread it out straight. How many feet is it? Same thing with all those twists and turns in our ductwork. For every twist and turn, that adds. A whole bunch of equivalent length to that duct system.
0: Okay, I'm going to have to settle on an analogy here, either the intestine or the baggy sock or something. I'm not sure where <laughs> I'm going to fall on that, but um, <laughs> I wanted to. I would go, go with
1: the intestine.
0: <laughs> oh, intestine it is. I wanted to go back. I, I think you kind of hit on this, but I think it's it's important to uh, restate this. What? Where does the proper system design begin what's the step one
1: step one is a room-by-room load calculation and that holds true Matt whether it's new construction or it's a replacement job because we need to know um, not only what the whole home needs for airflow but we need to know room by room how much air we have to deliver and the only way we can gain that knowledge is by having a properly done load calculation. Uh, so that's where you're going to want to start. And then from there, we have to make sure that we pick the right equipment. You know, find a air handler or a furnace that has the blower that can handle the correct amount of CFM for that entire system. Um, And then static pressure comes into place as well. So we've got to look at our static, available static, along with um, the CFM that we have to deliver, and make sure that we pick the right equipment. Just because your load calculation program says you need a 3-ton air conditioner and a 90,000 BTU furnace, doesn't mean that we can pick a 90,000 BTU furnace with a 3-ton blower. Does the product data show that that 3-ton blower can move all the air through that house that we need to move at the different static pressures, so those are those are the first two starting points before we even think about what um, our duct design and duct layout is going to look like.
0: okay, so you kind of have to dig into the more of the technical specifications of the equipment to make sure it's actually going to fulfill what you need in your system based on the load calculation
1: exactly, okay. Cool. Exactly. For a guy that doesn't know much about uh, duct work and layout, you're uh, asking some great questions, and uh, <laughs> you're following you're following me pretty well, Matt.
0: Well, that says good things about you as a trainer, I would say. And uh, you know, I have, for our listeners, I do have a little bit of an insight as I've been working with you on uh, uh, revamping our duct design course. It's been a, uh, an education for me. Um, to learn about airflow and, and proper system design from you. So um yeah, you know, I, I pick up some things here and there. So <laughs>
1: it's been fun. Yeah,
0: it has yeah, it's been. been fun. And I and I I think um duck design to me, that's not what I would have thought before I started working on the class with you of of fun. You know? But it's really um, a fascinating uh, uh, to develop knowledge in this area and just because um, it, is, it is, as you said at the beginning, it's a mixture of an art and a science. There's these scientific principles, but then there's also kind of this other side of it that is that artistic. And, and as I've learned more about it, I'm like, this is, this is cool and it is fun to work on.
1: It is fun to work on, yeah. And, you know, you think about these installers that get to go out and do this, that understand it, and they're getting the air delivered to where they want to get it delivered to. And they get that job done, and they can stand back and be proud of of what they've done, what they've installed, and, you know, feel like signing that artwork. You know, Barry had said that to me one time in, in uh, our Top Gun Tech class. He had said that to the whole class, actually. Be proud of what you're doing. Feel like signing your artwork. And that's always stuck with me. And duct design is definitely, you know, art. And so.
0: Cool. Um, So if you could, if there's, you know, I'm imagining people that are listening to this, some of them are, they're probably in different stages of how they do duct design, you know, and some of the things that we've talked about are probably maybe they're new to them or maybe they're not doing them. If there was one Thing that a dealer could do to improve their duct design that they could just start doing right now that maybe they're not doing, what would that be?
1: Great question. I would start with looking through manual D and figure out what fittings they can use to reduce their total equivalent length of their duct system. You know find those aerodynamic fittings that that are that are gonna deliver the air better and reduce noise. That's the first thing I would look at is yep what fittings what fittings can I use? There are labor savings involved there, and um just overall better system performance
0: okay, now you mentioned noise that that is something we've not touched on yet. Tell me about how how noise plays into all this.
1: So think about maybe a duct system that um, is too small and, you know, it's starving for air. We can't get enough air so that it can breathe properly. And um, in the industry, I've always heard it called oil canning, you know, um, and here's an an analogy to it. There's a pontoon boat that sits, um, our neighbor's pontoon boat, and in the mornings, when the air temperature is warming up, I hear that um pontoon um pop and then in the evening, as the air cools, I hear that pontoon pop again, and so um pro- improperly sized ductwork can cause it to um pop because it's struggling you know it'll uh, oil can back to that oil can um mm-hmm. situation also. Um, if you're running air way too fast through the duct, or maybe you've got um, a register that's really close to that air handling unit, and so the air is just screaming through there, you know, you can hear that coming out of your registers. If If you're doing proper duct design and using aerodynamic fittings and doing all the things that you can do, your static is low, and you can still get the air delivered that you need delivered. You're not going to have popping ductwork. You're not going to hear air coming out of the registers that's just screaming. And you're also not going to um, be able to really feel that air blowing on you really, really hard. You know, all those things cause comfort issues within the home. And so, like one of the dealers I used to uh, work with and introduced to um, round duct design concept. He was just a, a one-man show i was trying to help him get on and off of jobs faster talking about labor savings going to round duct systems um his builder was with us that day that i was talking to him about it and the builder was like i would love to give it a try in my homes because i talked about noise you know it's going to reduce um the noise that that the system has mm-hmm. and so the very first system got installed and the contractor and i went out to um, do a static pressure test, an airflow test on the system to see how it it did. And the builder was actually leaning against the air handling unit in the basement. And the builder said, well, let's go ahead and turn the system on so I can hear it run. Now, keep in mind, he was leaning against the air handling unit where all the, you know, the blower is and and everything. Mm -hmm. And the contractor said to the builder, boy, it is running. (laughs) Yeah, so... We can do things through our systems with proper duct design to help keep them quiet enough that we really don't know that they're running unless we, you know, go hold our hand over the register or in some cases go right to the unit so that we can see that and hear that it's running.
0: Hey, it's interesting as you were talking through that in the one part of my mind, it's going through all the different homes I've lived in. Over the years, <laughs> all these different the oil can sound totally have had that in the past, and um, the, that's fascinating. That um, great duct design can uh, reduce the noise of the system and 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 make it more comfortable and have, give better performance. I mean, this is yes. like a win 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 deal here.
1: Yeah, it is. When you talk about noise, that same builder. I had uh saw him on, a, on another one of his job sites a couple months later, and he was telling me that um because of these homes he's building and the change in, in the duct systems, he absolutely hates his current home because every time his system comes on, he has to turn the volume of his television up so he can hear the TV. And then when the air conditioning system turns off, he can turn his volume back down. So think of the inconvenience of that, all just because we have bad duct system and, and uh, creates all that noise.
0: Yeah, that, that's a great example. Well, Candy, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground on duct design. Uh, this has been an awesome discussion. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners on the subject?
1: I would recommend anyone that is installing ductwork, um, designing duct systems, Anything to do, you know, a retail salesperson that's out in the field trying to sell jobs and position themselves as the right choice and wants to be able to provide duct solutions to make that home more comfortable, get to some sort of um, duct design class, whether it's our BDR class, ACA has some stuff that you can do. There's plenty of manuals that you can get into and read. But spend the time understanding um, duct work how it works, how to design it properly, and then position themselves as the right choice, whether it's new construction or replacement jobs.
0: Okay. I thought we were going to be able to end the podcast, but you brought up something that I think we need to talk about. So you're saying it's beneficial, not just for a labor manager or a person doing the layouts to know duct design, but actually the retail salesperson, they should go to a similar type training as 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 those other folks so that they can be communicating it on the front end with the consumer.
1: That's right. If, you know, you take your mom and dad's house, for example, if the um, retail sales professional was educated on how to make that bedroom that much more comfortable and they talk about that after they've taken all the airflow measurements and know the static and, and everything, think of, you know, if nobody else comes in and talks about that even if their job is going to cost more, they're providing them with something that no other contractor has offered. So, yes, absolutely. Get the uh, home solutions advisors, retail salespeople into um, some sort of de- design education as well so they can provide the customer, really, with what they're paying for.
0: Well, and in that, in that example, too, it would have meant my gra- my parents getting to see their grandkids even more by having that room be more comfortable so that's right (laughs) they would have yeah they would have absolutely had the sale right there um so exactly that i think that's a a, an awesome way to end this candy thank you so much for coming on i'm looking forward to uh wrapping up your new version of duck design for profit and efficiency
1: and uh, appreciate you joining us today yes i appreciate the invitation this has been this has been fun matt
0: Good, good. Glad you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. I hope our listeners did too. And uh, well, thank you for listening to the Prime Resources podcast. And we'll talk to you next time.